Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours. Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians about the best and worst jobs that they've had to do to get by. Today, I'm joined by comedian Lauren Patterson. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very good. You've made me a lovely cup of tea. Yeah, that was a, a good very one. good tea. Yeah. I always make them a bit strong. I like that. Yeah. So I did a podcast yesterday and someone made one. It was nice, but then all the sugar was at the bottom. Oh. So I got to the bottom and I was like, man, I needed this. I needed yeah. this earlier. Needed but this is a good, out. evenly distribute, distib, just distributed. Dis- distributed. There we go. <laughs> I, did, I, said, I used to work near London Bridge. Oh yeah. And I go to Pret because I worked outside, uh-huh. and I just wanted to be warm because yeah. it was winter. <laughs> and Pret make the worst cup of tea. Really, consistently awful. Oh. And I was like, because the first few times I was like, maybe it's just this guy. Yeah. All of them. I'm going to have to test that. Yeah, yeah. cool. Go and in with, like, a slightly different disguise on every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Glasses, not a fake nose. Hello. <laughs> well, just, just like to try your tea, please. <laughs> just weak. Oh, no. It's, just, it's like a cup of warm milk. A bad cup of tea is the worst. It is, especially when you've paid pre- press-a-manger prices. Exactly, yeah. So, Greg's. Oh, I love Greg's. I love Greg's. I used to, when I was a nightclub worker... I used to go and hide in the 24-hour, well, it's not 24 hours, but it might as well be, the, the Greggs that's open till, like, 2 in the morning in Newcastle, that's I would just, like, cower in there. The one that's got a bouncer, which says it all about <laughs> the fact that Greggs has a bouncer. Is it, so. is, is it, like, they have the depart, Greggs department store thing as well in Newcastle? We used to have, like, a fancy one, it was called, like, Greggs Moments or something, um, but it didn't last very long, because I think everyone was like, we don't want fancy Greggs, we just want... Scummy Greg's. Greg's isn't fancy. Yeah. We don't want to sit down and have a little teapot. No. Yeah. I want to just pour the crumbs from this bag onto my face. <laughs> yeah, like when I was in Edinburgh as well, uh-huh. um, there's, we're on, uh, I was helping my boyfriend flyer and we'd go and get a brew. And uh-huh. whenever it was his day to get the brew, he'd go to Pratt. Yeah. And whenever it was my day to get the brew, I would go to Greg's. And I was just thinking, is this class yeah <laughs> is this what class is i'm so excited to bring my boyfriend to do you know the greg's discount store no so i don't know if it's just in newcastle because obviously Probably. we like we like og greg's um but it's in like just sort of 10 minute walk from city center and it's the like the outlet kind of store so you'll get like a bag of all the like broken biscuits and like all the stuff that's good and they sell it for like dirt cheap and it's amazing mm. so like your ma would come in on a weekend with just like a bag full of shortbread crumbs and be like, it was 20p. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it is so good. So could you, like, get them... Are they all hot? Could you get them and freeze I them? I think they've got, like, like pastry stuff as well. I've not been in ages, but I really want to take my boyfriend and just watch two worlds collide. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like, go get them and then stick yeah, them in the freezer. exactly. Yeah. For when, for when Armageddon happens. Just <laughs> yeah. be like, I've got me Greg's outlet. Yeah. <laughs> I've got 400 cheesy beans pasted. Yeah. <laughs> so, off them as a weapon. Have you tried the vegan sausage roll? That was a big thing. Love the it? vegan sausage roll. Really liked it. Hate, with a passion, the vegan steak bake. They do. Hate it. Yeah. yeah. They just brought it out this, like, a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I'm not vegan, but I'm trying to eat less. Well, I was trying to eat more vegetables, mm-hmm. so I thought, well, if I eat less meat, will that mean I eat more vegetables? But all it's made is me eat more rice, so I don't think it's really... <laughs> because I was, like, a really fussy eater, and I was like, well, I want to eat less meat for the environment, I know I need to eat more veg and be healthier, so, like, combine the two, and I'll just eat less meat. It's not really worked, but I saw um, 
Greg's brought a vegan steak bake. I was like, give it a go. It's really oniony. Uh-huh. And I don't like onion. And it just feels like a big, mushy ball of onion. And I was mm. like, no, not sold. But the sausage rolls, big fan. Yeah, they're just like the same. Exactly. I don't think there was that much sausage in the no. in the original. Yeah. <laughs> I always just think that if you can do something without killing yeah. someone. Like, I got mm. corn nuggets the other day. Corn nuggies, as I call them. And my boyfriend's yeah. like, you are a 26-year-old woman. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> corn nuggies. Um, but I dipped them in McDonald's barbecue sauce. Yeah. And you can't tell the difference. Which, yeah. again, begs the question, how much chicken is in the McDonald's chicken nugget? But then they've started doing that. The advertising campaign recently, yeah, they? which uh-huh. is like, look at our beautiful free range, one hundred percent chicken yeah. nugget. Chickens. <laughs> look how happy they are before we kill them. <laughs> yeah, I just think I don't think that it is yeah. what you're saying it is. Definitely, definitely. When I used to work in, I don't know if I should be talking about the jobs. I don't know yeah, do answering it, we'll your do questions it. for you. I used to work in Byron, which oh, I loved. Yeah. Not concerned, but genuinely, my favourite job I've ever had. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, but like when you see the train and they teach you about like all the bits of the cow that like the meat comes from and like where the cow comes because that's why it's called Byron because Byer is an old Scottish word for like from the shed or something from the cow shed oh. something like that. Fun fact for anyone listening who likes yeah. their old Scottish words. Um, but yeah, they would like quiz you on all the bits where like it came from and stuff. And I was like, Shelley, just the fact it comes from a cow is enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please stop quizzing me on the specific cut of meat that you have used <laughs> that's so thorough though really thorough it was the best training i've ever had yeah really enjoyed it so is that in with like your uh food hygiene yeah yeah it was really good uh, and it was one of those ones where like they took you to the restaurant because we were like the first restaurant in newcastle that they had they had like one in leeds and one in edinburgh i think but like none in between um and so they took us to Leeds and you just had to sit and like eat a little bit of everything off the menu so we were mainly students who worked there so we got like 40 students being paid to eat and we were like this is the best and then we got back on the coach to go back to Newcastle and we were all like some of us are going to be sick (laughs) I think one girl was sick but oh it was it's a big old day (laughs) Oh, that's great. So what, like, I've never been to a bar before. Is it, like, fast food? Or so is it's it... kind of in that whole, like, fancy burger genre of restaurant. So we would have, this is probably why I didn't, I loved being a waitress, but it's also why I probably wasn't cut out to be a waitress forever. Because <laughs> people would come, and I think especially, because obviously they're everywhere in London, there was even, like, three in Manchester at one point. But, like, Newcastle, we were, like, the first one. So obviously people come to be like, oh, new restaurant, what's this? And they'd look at the price, and they'd be like, well, I could get a McDonald's. I could get a McDonald's for like two quid, and I'd be like, "We'll go to McDonald's." Like, <laughs> you yeah. don't have to. If you want a McDonald's, go to McDonald's. Like, but if you want to sit down and have like a meal with your family that just happens to be burgers, this is the place for you. And my manager was like, "Maybe stop saying that. <laughs> Maybe stop telling people just go to McDonald's." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah that is fair." But like, you can't like to me McDonald's. Love it. Not going to knock it. Coming mm-hmm. home from a gig late at night. Love a burger. Fills a gap. But when I worked at Byron, I was like, oh, you can tell that the quality is, like, so much better. <laughs> yeah. So nice. And that, that, they got me into eating veggie burgers as well. Because oh, okay. I got so... You get you got a free meal on shift, mm-hmm. which was banging as a student. And yeah. when I first moved to London as well, like, 
my free Byron meal would sometimes be all I ate that day because I'd yeah. be like, well, if I can just have a free meal at work, then I can just like eat as little as possible at home and save money sort of thing, which is probably not a healthy outlook to life. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when you first move here, you'll do anything to save money. Oh, God, and then yeah. with your pay slip, you've got 50% off in any restaurant in the country. Yeah. So wherever I was gigging, I'd be like, well, I can get essentially for the price of what I would get like a meal at McDonald's I and get a meal from Byron for that and it's better yeah. quality so I loved it because that filled us up did us right but got to a point where I was like I'm so sick of burgers yeah I can't for a while after I finished working then 2017 and it took me a while before I could eat like a proper burger <laughs> again I was just like I'm so sick of them so I started eating the veggie burgers there mm-hmm. um, and it was only like I think after I left my manager was like I never realised you weren't vegetarian I was like, what do you mean? He went, well, you just always used to eat the bean burger. And I was like, because I ate too many beef burgers and got sick of beef. And he was like, I just always assumed you were vegetarian. And I was like, no, I was just beefed out. That's it. <laughs> I always think, I, like, I'll, again, not vegetarian, but we'll yeah. go for a veggie burger. Yeah. Because I think it's more interesting. Yeah. And it's got, like, d- different textures. A bit texture more flavour and... to it. They yeah. do it really good. And now the whole vegan thing's really taken off. They do a banging vegan burger there. Yeah. I went not long ago and tried it. And I was like like a kid at Christmas I was like ma it tastes just like meat and she's like well then just have meat and I was like no <laughs> trying to be good here but you don't understand nothing had to die exactly. for me exactly I was like I have no blood on my hands this is amazing <laughs> yeah. but it was a very good good for tips yeah I think that it, people look down on waitressing as a job but oh the tips I made there it's yeah. like I suppose it is sneaky in a way because the restaurant's like right we're going to pay you minimum wage that's fine that's legal and like okay but you could make double that if you're just nice to people and I was like <laughs> oh I see what you've done there <laughs> I I'm have the option nice. to leave here today with a base rate of money having been a dickhead to everyone or I can do my job properly <laughs> and make more money ugh that's how they get you it is but it worked wonders for us when I came to London because I think even the London waiters were still very London, so mm-hmm. they weren't as chatty. And as I'd spent a year working in a restaurant in Newcastle where I chatted to everyone, I would know people's names because I was like, the more you chat, the more chance you have of getting like a tip or a nice tip. Or like, if someone complimented you to head office and used your name, you'd get 20 quid, which wow. never happened. So um, and I always compliment waiters and you put their name just in case other restaurants have got that scheme because yeah. I'm like 20 quid when you're a waiter you're like brilliant I had to work three hours to make that otherwise yeah um but oh it was just such a good exercise and like if you just do your job and are nice I'd say nine times out of ten it comes sometimes people will be knobs and not but yeah the London ones just weren't we're nowhere near as chatty and as friendly. My yeah. my tips would always be like consistently high. Yeah. I think everyone was like, "How does she do it?" And I was like, "It's called conversation." <laughs> I smile to people. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like I know people say that a lot about London, but it it is yeah. very cold and unfriendly. I think the it? service reflects what they. I worked for another restaurant when I first came here because I couldn't get into Byron's originally. And they, when I was, they give us one shift. I'd been on the door for a bit because they're like, you have to go on the door first. And I was like, no, I don't. The door is for 16-year-olds getting their first job. They go on the door. I don't need to do that. But they had us on the door. And then they let us do like one sort of shift on on the floor. And they pulled us at the end. They're like, um seemed to really like you know chatting to the customers and being really friendly and I was like yeah and they were like we don't really do that here and I was like what you don't give customer service like that's all <laughs> I wasn't like going up trying to get adopted by people but 
just a little bit of friendliness. And I do feel like some restaurants, the service reflects what they think people in London want, which is just that quick, cold, efficient. And I was like, nah, got this job because I want to chat to people. Yeah. <laughs> and also, a lot, most people in London aren't from London. Exactly. So. Yeah. A lot of people eating out, I'd say, are like tourists and stuff. Because and... if you live here, you can't afford to exactly. eat Exactly. <laughs> My boyfriend always says, though, you can tell that I used to be a waitress because I'm excessively nice to waiters when I go out to eat now I like everything's like please and thank you mm-hmm. oh just just this please please oh thank you thank you so much thank you and he's sat there like pissing himself he's like you can tell that you've done this job because you want to make sure that you're not that customer they whinge yeah. about and when I finish the meal I'll stack the plates but properly because no worse than when the customer's like I'll help you and they've made like a Jenga creation and you're like yeah. that does not help so I'll always try and like stack the plates and put the cutlery on top so it's easier for them to carry yeah. and I sort of brush any crumbs I've got on it's like <laughs> Lauren like you're not a waitress anymore but, but I think when you've done that job you then do your bit when you go out to make sure like you're like not a horrible customer yeah it's so thankless isn't it exactly because people are like well it's your job I'm like yeah it's my job but like doesn't mean like parents who let their kids go like wild yeah and they're like you'd come to their table and there'd be crayons all over like food smushed in things spilled on the floor I'm like yes technically it's my job to clean this but like didn't have to make this much of a mess like you've made my job a little bit more difficult because instead of taking 30 seconds to turn this table over it's gonna take us a couple of minutes now and that is like a domino effect it's your job it's like it is my job it's your job to look after your kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's a very balanced here that we have. Yeah, I remember doing tea and coffee once. Uh-huh. Apart because I was an agency waitress. Oh, so it's yeah. Like zero respect yeah. for you as a person. And it was uh, tea and coffee at this fancy hotel, which I was kind of a regular at. Uh-huh. And it was like, there were a load of kids there. Yeah. And you're there with a hot thing. Oh, and they're like yeah. pushing you and Like stuff, an and assault like, course. Yeah. And you're like, just like, I'm. I can disfigure your child exactly for the rest of their <laughs> yeah. life. Could you just maybe choose this moment exactly. to just sit down? And then they're like, "Oh, you should have watched where you were going." It's like I was, yeah. <laughs> but when there's a child barreling at you, yeah. used to hate. There was a recurring joke at mine. I, I, the nine was no big tables, yeah, so like a Christmas party or whatever. Because, like, you'd have this big, heavy tray of, like, 12 people's drinks or whatever. And I used to always try my best if it was a little table to remember who'd ordered what. But when it's a big table, you can't. Or when no. you're running the drinks for someone else, you're like, I don't know who ordered this. So I'm going round and round the table. And usually taking, like, three or four times to call someone's drink before someone was like, oh, that's mine. Because they're so, they're, like, so wrapped up in their conversation. Or they've, like, just forgotten what they ordered. And I had one, it was a Sierra Nevada beer. It sticks in my head. And my voice, I clearly had a long day. It's getting higher and ha- when you're trying to keep your shit together so I was like Sierra Nevada Sierra Nevada Sierra Nevada Sierra Nevada just getting louder and nobody claimed it and I went well I'll just take us back to the bar then and walked and no like it was like I wasn't there and sure enough two minutes later this lad called over one of the waitresses and was like we're missing a Sierra Nevada on this table and the other waitress was like I think you're Sierra Nevada has finally turned up <laughs> clearly they were just testing my patience so much and it was just getting higher and higher it's like I was going to self-combust or something it's like oh god just listen please yeah, you should have taken them that flat beer yeah. that flat warm <laughs> poured beer it in front of them yeah. oh no there's your fucking Sierra exactly stressful <laughs> really stressful yeah so that was your best yeah because I think the thing about wait waitressing or waiter and 
the people you work with tend to be pretty nice. Yeah. I had the one in London, I maybe got on a bit less with the team, but in Newcastle, it was just a really good bunch of people, all tend to be about similar age. Most people know they're not going to be in that job forever. They're like, yeah, it's just a few years, or I'm doing comedy on the side, I'm, I'm a musician on the side. Like, everyone's using it as, like, a side hustle or something. Yeah. And I think the people, like, I went on holiday with three of the waiters from Byron Burger yeah. because I'd never been on a girl's holiday and I was so desperate to go on a girl's holiday and I went on a night out with some of them once that's it. it's a very social job yeah like I think that's what I missed when I moved to London is they weren't as well I lived on I worked in Hammersmith and lived in Waltham stores west to east so never really socialized with them and I'd gone from being with such a social group of people to being very <laughs> on my own but we went on like a staff night out and I heard them talking about a holiday and I was like you going on holiday and they were like oh we've kind of been thinking about it and I was like I'll come so I ended up going on this holiday with like three of the waiters and I had a really good time but then you look back and you're like really we barely knew each other like <laughs> yeah. yeah we worked together and we'd go for drinks after but the at this point the restaurant had only been open we started in the September and we went on holiday in the June yeah. so we hadn't known each other that long <laughs> like we'd been working together we'd probably been working together three months when we booked the holiday yeah. we all had a good time but looking back I was like what a weird bunch of people <laughs> to go on holiday with like yeah. how do you know each other we, we kind of work together <laughs> like, oh, yeah. what a way to find out about people we very much settled into roles though yeah we had like the mother we had the piss head who wanted to go out and like treat it like a he wanted to get a coach to I love them, Darren, if you're listening, but God, <laughs> you are crazy. We were staying in Alcudia, I think, and he wanted to get a bus to Magaloff, which was yeah. like a three or four hour bus or something. Oh so God. he was very much the wild one. Mm-hmm. And then we had the girl who'd just gotten into a relationship, so she yeah. was very much like obviously pining for, for him sort of thing. And then we had me, who was just the liability, who was <laughs> always getting hurt. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, what a, what a bunch of idiots to go on holiday together but we had a great time just yeah. I, I wouldn't do it now if someone said no. now do you want to go on holiday with three people that you only really know from working with them for six hours a day and I'd be like that sounds horrible but when you're young you're just like why not <laughs> yeah why not? and we had a lush time it's only when you look back that you're like god went on holiday was strange as essentially <laughs> oh I've never been on a girl's holiday I'd love to do yeah. that yeah yeah, but I think again. I'd never done it. So I was like, well, this is probably going to be my only chance. They were all look yeah. well, they are lovely people. I'm still in touch with all of them. One of them started doing comedy now. She's Aww. lovely. Um, you might have met her. She's yeah. called Sam Mays. Uh, no, no, very nice girl. Um, so let's like, say they're all lovely people. It's just that thing of being young when you're like, when you look back a few years later and you're like, would I now go on holiday? <laughs> would I go on, like, if you said me, would you go on holiday with four comedians? I'd be like, no. Absolutely. Even no. if they were comedians I'd known for like my whole career, I'd be like, no. I was like, go on holiday with some waiters who have known for three months. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fair comedian draw, sad and now. Exactly. It was fun. Like, it was a very much a, like one of these package holiday kind of places. Yeah. So like, everybody else was there with kids yeah. and like going and doing the bingo and stuff. And we were just sat there making the most of like the all-inclusive bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just nice to be warm. Yeah. Isn't it? I've never done it since. Yeah, quite quite like to do a proper girls holiday i never did it at uni or anything no i've had the money yeah i did festivals that was my thing yeah money i probably would have spent on a holiday i was like i'd rather do a festival yeah which ones did you frequent i did tea in the park all the time the one in perth but not the hot perth the scottish perth yeah um so i went there when i was like 17 for the first time when i went like every year up until 
going to be like 21 or something. And then, like, I, and I used to have all the wristbands as well. I was that grotty kid. Oh, like stinking and Proper, like, dirty wristbands. <laughs> and it was my final year of uni, and we, I did a drama degree, and we were doing a play. It was, like, a Greek mythology one. And the director was like, Lauren, you have to cut those wristbands off. And I was like, no, I don't. And she was like, they're not fitting with the piece or anything. And I was like, well, neither. We weren't in, like, traditional costume or anything. She was like, really... I really think you need to cut them off. And so on the day of the performance, one of my mates like had to cut off like five years of festival oh, wristbands. I was like... so upset. But my arm and Danish just felt like Nick because there were so oh. many of them. They took up so much of my arm. So, so and then seen in uh, Le Mis. Yeah. Like, she's having a haircut. <laughs> like, like a bit of my identity's going. <laughs> but, yeah, I always. I feel like I was quite. I always wanted a job to be able to do things like that. Yeah. And sometimes I've made to be like, well. I can't afford to, my mum won't lend us the money, and I'd be like, get a job! Yeah. I've worked since being 16, in some capacity. My first one was handing flyers out for the O2 Academy. Nice. Because if you handed the flyers out, you could sign up in the office to see gigs, and they would work, so you had to go once a week and hand posters out around the shops and like do like a flyer drop, and then you had to sign up to volunteer to, you know, people would stand at the door and give you the listings flyers and stuff. And then you could sign up for specific gigs you wanted to see. And depending on how hard you'd worked would be, like, whether you got priority. And you would get to see the gig. You had a flyer for the star, but it meant you'd miss the support band and that's it. But then you'd get a free ticket for the gig. That's so it was, good. like, a 17-year-old or whatever. I got to see, like, Pendulum and the Kooks and, like, nice. all these cool bands. But also saw a lot of shit. Yeah. Because you had to do the shit to get the... So I saw a lot of scar bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of, like, these, like, you know, tribute bands where instead of Oasis, it's, like, Fantatropical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was I mean, really it's worth seeing them because exactly. you might like them. And I think it's that poor kid mentality as well of being like, how do I get that for free? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have the money to buy tickets for the kooks, so how how can I work to do that? And yeah. I was like, surely the best way is just to work at the. And then that's how I got my first paid job, which was for propaganda. Do you have one of those? No. The indie nights at the O2. I think there's a couple in London. Yeah. So the same kind of, that's where I used to go and hide in the Greggs. Um, <laughs> it would be on a, so and through the week you'd have to go on like the main street in Newcastle and with the, you know, the big lamppost sign thing and yeah. like flyer for them. But your shift would mainly be on a Saturday, you'd either be indoor in the nightclub, signing people up to the mailing list, or you'd be outdoor flyering and trying to get people and giving them like, discount entry stickers and stuff and I think I got about six pounds an hour to do it like whatever minimum wage was at the time I remember it was six pounds something so I'd work for maybe four hours come away with like 30 quid a shift or something but if you worked indoors you got like a like an hour break or something so you could like have a few drinks and stuff and if you worked outdoors your shift was done by one so you could come for free to the nightclub after so a lot of times you'd like go out and do the flyering and then just come and hang around with the people who were doing the indoor shift because your shift would finish when they were starting their break yeah. and then they like go back and exit flyer at the end so it was a weird one but a good way I made some good friends there as well because again yeah. everyone's a student everyone's like oh we want to be paid to get drunk and we want to be paid to go to parties so let's get a job as a nightclub promoter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this is that's my how career. we do it. it that was fun but I got sacked from there oh no what did yeah, you do I went to the Boots Christmas party that was worked at Boots at the same time they got me shit faced because I was like the youngest person at Boots by like 30 yeah one of the women had snuck alcohol into the pub in a perfume bottle what? like that is how 
feisty boots in Newcastle yeah, women that's were. Good thing. So she had this like perfume bottle of rum or something. Got really drunk. I was the youngest one there by probably about fifteen years minimum. So I think they were like, oh, let's get really drunk, and then staggered to me shift at propaganda. Knew I, I think I had heels on and everything. Like clearly was not capable and I was on an outdoor shift oh, but no. I thought I'd be able to get away with it if I was outdoors because half the yeah. time you just go and hide somewhere anyway but um staggered to the club the guy who I was working with got to the end of the street with us and he was someone I was less pally with and he was like I'm not working with her yeah. I'm not working with her so he walked me back to the nightclub I went around the like the backstage bit was where we would sort of like have a like staff room or whatever for the break so there was a couple of people sat in there I just went in the toilet spew locked the door fell asleep <laughs> like when you're just that when you're young and that yeah. level of drunk where you're like I just need to sleep I woke up obviously checked my phone my phone's dead I had no concept of time assumed I'd maybe been asleep 10 minutes half an hour comes outside there's nobody in the staff room so I was like right they're obviously the outdoor guys are outdoor and the indoor ones are signing people up walked into the main bit where the club is and it's like empty and I was like oh the shift mustn't even like it mustn't even be like 11 o'clock yet or whatever time the club opened I've obviously only been asleep a few minutes it was three in the morning <laughs> the whole place had finished they'd like just left us in there because obviously they couldn't get in and they were literally on their way to come and like break the door down oh, to get no. in <laughs> I'd slept through the not only the whole shift the whole evening of the nightclub being open and they said I could keep my job if I worked for two hours on New Year's Eve for minimum wage and I was like nah <laughs> nah, actually all right actually i'm all right thank you no i don't want to work for 12 pounds on new year's eve and miss hanging out with my friends yeah so that was my excellent departure from <laughs> propaganda that's a really cool way of and that, it was just the arrogance of this as well where i was like thought that like the club hadn't even opened and they were <laughs> yeah. like no it's literally been and gone <laughs> <laughs> oh, but in, good practice for the Edinburgh exactly yeah. I used to hate it though because they'd yeah. send us to like they would tell you the certain bits of Newcastle to go and we used to have a manager who's really really nice and then he left and I think that's when my sort of drive to work there dropped a little bit because I didn't like this new manager so I kind of stopped giving a shit and she would send us to Flyer for an indie club to um, the gate in Newcastle, which at the time had your bars like Tiger Tiger, Beyond, like not the kind of people who go there would go to an indie club usually. Yeah. Like it's very much sort of like chart and part. A lot of like locals would go there, stags, hens, like that's the kind of people who went to that bit of town. Not shitting on them, like just saying they're not the kind of people who would go propaganda. was like a student-y, young indie crowd that wasn't that crowd. So we would always say there isn't, and as well, the gates where a lot of fights would break out and stuff, as a stags and hens and like yeah. your Monday to Friday drinkers who come out, this is their one night out. We were like, please don't send us up to the gate. Like nobody who goes to the gate is probably going to want to come. It's the rock. I think I know what I'm doing. And we were like, okay. <laughs> I don't. And you're the manager. And we would just have to stand by the gate while all these stags would just be like, like proper like hassling it and the lad I used to work with was a really nice lad and we got partnered together for quite a few shifts but I was probably tougher than him yeah. so I'd get all these lads giving this hassle and he'd be like can you handle it and I'd be like I think I've got more of a chance of handling it than knew <laughs> and it was horrible uh we just after because no one would come and then she'd be like well no one came because you have to give them a sticker and obviously if they came they knew you'd come from being like flyered outdoor we were like nobody wants to come like this is awful and she would give you a list of places on her you had to send her a photograph every half an hour of where you were um 
we were smarter than that so we would go to the gate take a picture we'd go um like near the strip hall's residence take a picture we'd go down by the train station where the, our pre-bar was there we'd take a picture we'd then fuck off back to my flat and just send <laughs> a, a picture every half an hour and we would just sit and keep warm in the flat and then like go back out maybe just for the end of the shift but from one week we sent her like sent her the picture and she got got a text like five minutes later and she was like funny because um i'm here and you're not so she'd obviously cottoned on to what we were doing and we'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> how long did you get away with it for oh, ages. we'd always go to the greggs keep warming the greggs for a bit not sometimes even just like we'd sneak like a bottle of vodka out with her and just sit on the bench somewhere and have a few drinks and then if she did come we would just stand up and pretend we'd been working but there was a good three or four weeks where we would just be like we're just gonna go to my flat like it's a five minute walk from town (laughs) but oh especially in the winter because you had to wear your little propaganda t-shirt I think we're allowed like a jacket but the t-shirt had to be fully on show so you couldn't zip it up or anything and yeah who was gonna want to come to a nightclub being flyered by someone who's in like a hat scarf and gloves like no one's gonna be like that's the club I want to go to (laughs) that was a rough again lovely people but just a rough and to think I was doing it for six quid like I'd get maybe 12 18 quid a shift and be like yay this is the most money (laughs) it's criminal what they can get oh yeah horrible horrible I remember once having when I was doing the agency work having an argument with this woman because she they changed it so that I got paid less than she did. Yeah. And she was so bad at her job. Really? Like, so bad. I was doing my job and her job. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, I deserve to be paid more than you. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. And she's like, well, I've got bills to pay. And I'm like, so have oh I. Oh, my God. And she just, yeah, I think it, you know, you if you're doing a job. Exactly. It shouldn't matter how old you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, if you were, I don't know, if you, I think if you're an apprentice, then yeah. it's, it's still it is too low a wage, uh-huh. I think, but it is uh, at least you you're learning. Yeah. So you should get paid get paid exactly. a little bit less. I think when I worked in the bar, it was you got paid a certain amount up to twenty, and when you were twenty one it went up and when you were twenty five it went up or something. So I remember yeah. working there like the night for my twenty first birthday, so after midnight I was like, I'm getting paid fifty quid <laughs> more an hour but Ka-ching. I don't think that's <laughs> fair because no. yeah at 21 I didn't have or at 20 I didn't have a family but I was living out of home like I was yeah. paying rent I was paying bills and the people who were like so say maybe 1920 the people who worked there who were 22 23 had the same bills and only difference yeah. was they would have had council tax to pay and I didn't because I was a student but yeah like we were all we all had responsibilities and I was like isn't it weird that in the space of five minutes, I can go from being paid at one rate because I'm 20 to one rate because I'm 21, and nothing's changed. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Like, And you could have a family to support. Yeah, definitely. At that, Just because you're, like, you know, you can have a kid. I started my periods when I was 11. I yeah. could have been a mother at 12. Exactly. You know? exactly. And, like, the people who don't go to uni probably have had families younger, I would say, because they tend to go into work quicker, so everything happens a bit quicker. There's no to say that. I think when I was working in a restaurant, there was a few girls maybe a year or two older than me, and they had families. And I was like, that's mad. It's like, mm. just pay everyone. I think from 18, everyone should get paid the same. Yeah. That's what I think. I'm probably going to get called like a lefty, <laughs> a lefty economy destroyer for yeah. daring to believe that it would be nice if everyone got paid the same. <laughs> yeah, just, just for the same job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be. What a, what a world. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, as well as the people that are calling you a, a snowflake and a lefty and stuff, you're like, but you're the one who's getting angry at me. Yeah. You're, the, you're the one shouting at me. Exactly. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, just, I just had a job, that's all. Yeah, I just think we should all be treated fairly. Yeah, I, just, I never understood it. Like, even the girls who worked on the Dordium, like the hosting at the restaurant, they were paid less because they were like 16. I was yeah. like, well, I can kind of understand that because they're probably still living at home and still at school. But even still, I was like, but 18 upwards, I just think, should all be yeah, all be the same. I think they got paid a little bit more because they were on the door, though, so they didn't get tips, so they got paid a tiny bit more to balance it out. And I was like, well, instead of having these weird rules for everybody, you could just pay, even, yeah, maybe even from 16, pay everyone yeah. a set wage. I suppose 18 is a good thing because it's like you're, you're an adult. adult. Yeah. So, I could, you know, I understand why it would be good to give... Kids yeah, less money. Oh god, I can imagine if I had. That was. I'm so old. I had EMA at school. Me too. I was an EMA kid. <laughs> god, I mean, was it thirty quid a week or something? You bought? Yeah, so it the... could be ten, twenty or thirty. Yeah, and I used this. to think that was like the most amount of money. So if I had like a job where I was being paid like say even a hundred quid a week or whatever, or fifty quid a week, I would have probably just. Oh god, I don't know what I would have done. Would have bought so much shit I didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have a cash machine on our college oh, campus yeah. and every Thursday it would be broke like yeah. just broken because <laughs> people had emptied it for their AMA and then like kicked it to shit. Where's my thirty quid? <laughs> and then no one would go to classes ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just try and go. But then it'd be like, well if you didn't go to your class you didn't get any money. Oh yeah, I forgot about so, that. It'd be like you know everyone had just yeah like, it was all get... only like your attendance as well and stuff wasn't yeah. it get God. pissed at break time <laughs> and then go back into classes yeah oh, those are the days good old good old days I was on such a good wage because I had a Saturday job as well yeah, yeah. that's the thing I got me EMA and then I would do the volunteering at the academy so I'd get me gig tickets which meant I didn't really have to spend that on gig which when yeah. you're sixteen is probably what you're spending it on yeah and then I started working in the in a restaurant and doing the propaganda when I was in my second year a sixth form so I wasn't making loads of money but like obviously I had disposable income yeah and no real outgoings because I lived at home which yeah. is nice but I, I like working yeah when, when, I, you'll have this well when you meet people in comedy who never had another job and I'm just <laughs> like I can understand people who have I've never had a career job like I've never like worked in banking or finance or a teaching career but I've always had jobs and then you meet tends to be luckier comedians who've maybe been born into families where they can help them out a lot um but then when they're like yeah I've never had another job I'm just like what <laughs> like how I yeah. think everyone I think ever if I had a government rule everyone has to do a year in a bar or a restaurant or a shop like that kind of works I think just working in those industries teaches you so much about the public and yeah. so much about yourself <laughs> yeah, and manners definitely I think you can always tell not necessarily with comedians just people in general who hasn't worked in those mm. industries I used to go out with a guy and if we went out for food which was rare because we were students so it would be like Frankie and Benny's or something um or Nando's I would go to leave a tip on the tray and he'd be like no don't leave a tip I'd be like, why wouldn't I leave a tip like they've been nice we've had nice service what's leaving a quid or 115 it's not my job to pay their wages if they haven't been paid enough and I was like oh that's not the right I don't think he ever had a part-time job until we were in maybe like what was our second year his like he'd been at uni three years by this point I think that's when he put he was frequently like 
sacked from them for like not turning up and that and you could tell he's just that kind of attitude as somebody who's not worked in those industries and I'm like yeah. yes I get it's not your job to top up my wages but also low-paid jobs tend to be low-paid because they rely on tips like mm-hmm. that is why they are minimum wage jobs and just because I'm on a minimum wage job doesn't mean that you get to treat me like like yeah. a piece of shit like that and I used to find it so awkward you'd be like no I'm not leaving the tips I'd always leave the tip and I'd be like mate it's a quid if yeah. you spent 20 quid on a meal you can leave a quid like what is your problem what if every table they've served leaves them a quid that's their taxi fare home or like whatever yeah. so when I worked in the bar obviously we didn't have we didn't have night buses in Newcastle then I think we've got one now we're in the future <laughs> um so like my taxi home was like seven quid which yeah. was just over an hour's wage for us or probably when I turned 21 was an hour's wage for us yeah really the last hour of your shift you're just working for your taxi yeah. but if seven people tip you a quid for your shift that's your taxi paid like that yeah like that's all like they would give you 250 towards your taxi but you had to keep the receipt bring the receipt in and then it would be paid at the end of the month and I was yeah. like half the time you'd get home after like a 12-hour shift and be like did I put my receipt? <laughs> oh god, I guess I'm not getting that two fifty back. Yeah, all adds up. Yeah, and it's I think it's ridiculous when they do stuff like that because yeah. they know that you can't be asked keeping a receipt. Exactly, that's definitely why they did it. Be like, we're gonna. It's like when you have to sign in a HMRC for your tax. They make mm. it as difficult as possible. Yeah. Probably hoping that will catch you out for something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can just answer this riddle. And then uh, <laughs> walk five paces northeast, and it's just like, well, you know, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw a really good meme on Facebook yesterday. Oh, it was oh. like uh, the government are like, hey, uh, pay taxes. Uh, okay, how much do I owe you? Oh, you have to work that out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so I can just pay what I want. No, no, we yeah. know how much. <laughs> you Your number pay. has to match our number. <laughs> so tricky <laughs> I, I wish they taught us stuff like that in school like when I think yeah. back like I did a drama degree so you think if anyone was going to teach you about tax returns and self-employed it would be on that and because as well I see so many comedians being like can anyone recommend an accountant and I'm like an accountant is expensive yeah I am too working class to part with more money so someone can look at my money and tell me how much money I have to give away <laughs> like, yeah. I've kind of just taught myself to do it and I think I do it right. I'm fairly sure. Um, but like, oh, even that, I'm just like, nah, I'll, I'll find any way to figure out how to do something myself to try and save yeah. spending money. <laughs> because that's, yeah, that's the point. And also, there are plenty of comedians who are accountants. Yeah. And you make friends with exactly. those people. <laughs> yeah. My dad's been self-employed for years. So I kind of just went to him and I was like, please teach me. Please <laughs> teach me what to do. Like, but... I wish, yeah. No one told me you can claim like a part of your rent and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, because like technically you work from home. On like the HMRC website or whatever, it'll be like, oh, if you work, if you spend this many hours at home, you can claim this much, this much, this much. And I was like, that would have taken them 10 seconds to teach me that at school. All I remember them teaching me on my drama course was if you get a haircut for a job, you can claim that back. And I was like, Thank you for that one piece of information <laughs> regarding tax returns. I'm sure that will come in handy. Yeah. All the haircuts I don't get because I can't afford them. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Just set up like a company, just go around to schools and just be like, I am going to teach kids how, yeah. what is VAT? Oh my God, exactly. <laughs> how do you open a bank account? Yeah. Just, you know, like tax returns. Exactly. And shit like that. Because there's so many skills you learn from like, 
which is why I find it my when people say they've never had a job. There's so many skills you learn just from having a job, like mm-hmm. manners, like communication, like being a team player, that sort of thing. But there's so much other stuff that you can't just learn from work, like yeah. like doing your tax return and like work and shit. I remember the first time I got taxed, that's a that's a moment, isn't it? <laughs> so I'd work in a, a harvester. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those ones where I'd the restaurant again, I always seem to work restaurants that I just opened in. So I'd worked a lot, like a lot in the six weeks I'd worked there and then they did that classic thing, they'd taken on too many staff and needed them for the opening and then once it calmed down, chop, chop, chop. And I was one of the mm. ones who got chopped. Oh. So it must have been when I got me pay slip, they clearly thought I was like on a full time like job there or something. So I got taxed like twenty percent you get taxed or something. And I was like, yeah. What? What is the what is tax? And I was <laughs> so upset. I remember ringing my mum and I was like, I've been taxed, like I, I didn't know anything about it. My mum was like, It's cause they'll like even though you are on like a part time job or whatever, because you've worked full time hours in the two months, they'll think that's your regular wage, they'll t- you'll get it back. And I was like, I get it back and she was like, Yeah of course you get it back. And I remember ringing like the tax office. She was like, Yeah you get it back in April and I was like, April? <laughs> it's October and she was like, Well say it as an investment. I remember thinking, Oh whatever, whatever, Julie, say it's an investment and then sure enough, April I get this like few hundred quid tax rebate and I was like oh, this is actually quite, yeah, I've essentially yeah. just got money for doing nothing, even though it's my money. But God, that was a tenth. That was, that's the day I became an adult and I got taxed mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Because I, I thought everyone then just got taxed. I remember kicking off on Facebook. I was like, so I'm on minimum wage and I'm on a part-time job and I have to give 20%. And people were like, no. Like, no, you <laughs> only get taxed if you earn a certain amount. It's <laughs> obviously you've just, it would happen all the time when I worked at Byron, especially over Christmas. If I worked more hours, suddenly I'd get taxed and I'd be like, no. I do not earn enough to get taxed, then at least you know you get it back. God, the fear of being 18 and being like, my money, (laughs) where has it gone? And then they do that awful thing if you have two jobs. Yes. uh, Edinburgh Festival, where they worked there. Emergency tax. What is the emergency? The emergency is, I don't have enough money to eat now. You've taken my money. (laughs) I'm calling emergency on that. (laughs) So what is your worst ever job? uh worst job or jobs <laughs> um, I worked in I'd liked bar work I yeah. really enjoyed bar work I think I've always enjoyed that kind of bar and restaurant where I get to chat with people and yeah. there's always something to do but I worked in a trebles bar in Newcastle that only lasted a few shifts there and mm-hmm. I'd applied for a job there and the pub I worked in at the same time and I got both jobs and I was like I'll probably be able to do both because one's a pub and one's a nightclub so mm-hmm. like I might be able to angle it um and I lasted a few shifts before I turned around to the manager I'm like I think I'm just gonna go work at the pub if that's okay <laughs> it was just horrific like mm. pub work and joy so yeah we were open like we were open all day so from like 11 in the morning till say like midnight or whatever but it's fairly nice and tame working in a nightclub oh my god like I was tired and sticky and I think obviously the club shut at like two or whatever Oh, it was a bar more than a nightclub, but um, that would shut at like two. And by the time you've cleaned, it's three. By the time you get home, it's nearly four in the morning. And our speciality drink was Skittles, pint mm. of Skittles. It would be like two seventy-five or three quid or something. And it's vodka, orange juice, blue, curacao, peach snaps and lemonade, something like that. And it's like greeny blue in the pint glass. We'd sell loads of them. And I'd come home looking like I'd fisted a smurf or something, <laughs> like just sticky up to my elbows with all the... Because no one in a bar has, like, a drink that other places don't do. And everyone's like, oh, well, I have to try that drink. 
I remember once being like two minutes before my shift finished, someone came up to the bar and I was like, yeah, can I help you there? And he was like, yeah, can I have 10 pints of Skittles, please? Uh. And I was like, just lined up 10 pint glasses on the bar and I was like, oh my God. It was just a different, because I felt like there was no camaraderie behind the bar. Yeah. Like, because obviously you can't, you, you're non-stop, so you don't have, ch- whereas in the pub, the big quiet bits where we could have a chat, you're just like relentless behind the bar. The people are rude because they're pissed. Yeah. Whereas I think people in the pub get progressively pissed. So at least you get to see them when they're nice. Yeah. But people in the nightclub were like pissed when they came in and go, what do you mean you won't service? And I was like, because I've got a duty of care. One girl once, I'd walked into the, it was, like a, it was one of those ones where you'd go and I, I don't want to say it was a nightclub, but somewhere in between bar and a nightclub. But I walked past her. She grabbed his by my hair and pulled his back. And went, Why the fuck are you pushing in? And I was like, I work here. Yeah. She was like, just this really like aggressive hen who thought I'd push to get in. Jesus. And then she just kept trying to come and be served by us at the bar. Mm-hmm. And obviously I didn't want to serve her. So I was like, you just no, you yanked me hair out. And she was like, your bar staff are rude. And I was like, you pulled my hair. <laughs> You're nasty. <laughs> Look at yourself. <laughs> oh, it was just, and the music's obviously just so thumping and loud. Mm. So you got people, you're like, what? What? Like, what do you want to drink? And especially when people get drunk and mumbly, I'd be like, I do not know what you are saying. Like, yeah. oh my God. And I didn't work many shifts there, but I was just like, I like bar work, but I think I belong more in a pub than like bar, nightclub. So everything's sticky. Like, yeah. the, I'd be hanging my coat up when I got there. And like, the beautiful shop girls who go around would just like look at me like I was this little goblin. And they were like, yeah. yeah, you go behind the bar while we swan around selling our wares. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I want to be pretty enough to be a shot girl. <laughs> but I can't roll a skirt. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't carry a tray. <laughs> no. I just really didn't. like. And you'd come home and lie and like your eyeballs would just be buzzing from like the music and the noise. And as well, getting home was a nightmare because you're leaving around the time all the other clubs and bars are kicking out. Yeah. So you kind of get a taxi and it's just, oh, there was a McDonald's directly opposite. It's on the big market in Newcastle, which says says everything. Um, and I remember sometimes after work, I'd go into the McDonald's and I'd feel like I was in a zoo because you're the only sober person at four o'clock in the morning in Newcastle. And you're yeah. just like, what is this? And I took my boyfriend, not my birthday, gone my birthday before, I took him to Newcastle. And it's free to get in, which I think is why a lot of people go. Um, and I was like, I'm going to take it to where I used to work. And we walked in and he just went, I cannot believe you worked here. <laughs> it's a proper, like, stags and hens and locals mm. kind of place. So, like, yeah. and students as well through the week, like, because it's cheap. So a treble vodka was cheaper than a single or something. Wow. That kind of place. So popular with students through the week. Obviously, students don't really go out on the weekends. So on the weekend, it's your stags and your hens and, like, a lot of girls who I like went to school with probably still like go and drink there because it's cheap and like the kind of place you go and see 20 people who you know sort of thing and I took him in he was just like I cannot imagine you're such like you're quite timid and to be working somewhere is like is this I was like I didn't last long (laughs) (laughs) because the pub was owned by the same chain there'd be sometimes when the club was rammed and they'd ring the pub knowing we shut it midnight and be like um we need to send two members of staff down and it would be me and this lad had both done shifts there prior to working at the pub. So we'd always be the first two to get sent down because we knew the bar and knew the drinks. I remember one day I'd been at work since like lunchtime or something. And I was meant to be on till 10 o'clock at night. And at 9 o'clock at night, my manager was like, hey. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what are, you, what are you going to say to me? She was like, they need you to go down to the, yeah. like, to the club. And I was like, 
for how long for? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, I've been at work since 12. I had like an hour left of my shift. I cried oh. on the walk. No, you're just so tired. Yeah. Cried on the walk from the pub, like the 10-minute walk down to the bar. And I remember just, and I think it's because I didn't know how long I was going to be there. And so I'm just behind the bar, like, <laughs> like trying <laughs> to hold it together. And I think I was only there for maybe, maybe I got there at like 11 and was there all one or something but so it wasn't as bad as I thought I think part of the reason the sentence was like you're just gonna have a breakdown <laughs> I think she's reached uh, the peak <laughs> she's upsetting the customers yeah, <laughs> it was really the worst oh, no. customer I ever had was in the pub yeah um, and it was rammed rammed down really really busy and I was coming to the end of my shift um but I, I was never one of them staff who liked to be like see ya and leave everyone dropped in it I'd always stay a little bit longer if it meant making sure the people coming in at six got off to a smoother start. Like, yeah. if I finished at six, rather than be like, bye, deal with this, I'd be like, right, well, I'll stay ten more minutes. So yeah. You can get up and running, and then, like, I'll kind of leave. But it was so busy, and I think maybe I'd start doing comedy. Well, I would have started doing comedy, so maybe I had a gig. So I needed to be away relatively quick, but I didn't want to drop people in it. It was so, so rammed. And then this woman had, like, ordered a drink from it, like a vodka something. And I poured the drink, and it's so it's busy behind the bar, it's busy in front. I put the drink down on the bar, and I missed the edge of the bar, so it spilled on her. Yeah. And I went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I went and got her some paper towels. I gave her the paper towels. I poured her another drink. And then maybe I did the wrong thing, but I asked for the money, but also because I didn't have the power to give away free drinks, and I thought yeah. I'd get in trouble. And the drinks were cheap enough anyway, and she went, what? And I was like, oh, like, and as well, if it had been red wine or something, I could have understood, but it was clear liquid. She was a little bit soggy, like, I was absolutely yeah. fine. And um, she was like, can I speak to your manager? And I was like, oh, my God. So I went and got my manager, and I went, I think this woman's going to complain. I went, I put the drink on the bar. I missed the edge of the bar because it's so busy. Um. I'm really sorry it did spill down that. I gave us some paper towels and everything. I apologise. And he was like, like, stuff happens. Like, of yeah. course. He came up to her and went, hey, I'm the manager. What's your problem? Your barmaid just swilled me on purpose and didn't even apologise. And I was stood there like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm being paid £6 something an hour. What would I have to gain from swilling you other than losing me job? Yeah. And I was so pleased I'd flagged something to my manager beforehand because maybe it would have gone a different... Well, no, he was a lovely manager who yeah. fully supported his staff. So I think he would have believed us even if I hadn't said something. He was like, all right, is that is that true? He went, because... um. When she came to get me, she did uh, own up and said she'd spilled a drink. She apologised and got you paper towels. She didn't say sorry. She didn't say... And then she tried to charge us for the drink. And he was like, okay, love you, man. So what? Drinks are free. But um, uh, she did apologise. Oh, no, I think he didn't give them for free. Because no, clearly no. what they wanted was free drinks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, they cost like six quid or whatever. Um, he had fully had me back in. He fully stuck up for it. And this woman was going, she didn't apologise. She didn't apologise. And the person next was on the bar was a supervisor but you wouldn't be able to tell from how they were dressed and um the manager went tell you what I'm gonna go check with our supervisor and literally turned to this lad and he went <laughs> um yeah she did apologize I heard her and this woman was fuming she was like I'm gonna complain to head office she goes storming out and I was panicking I was gonna lose my job I mean the manager was so nice he was like Lauren you came clean straight away you said you'd spill the drink on her he went I've worked with you long enough that I know you wouldn't deliberately <laughs> yeah. spill a drink on someone and no, even if you hadn't told me and just said this customer wants to complain I still would have wouldn't have believed her when she clearly just wanted free drinks but I remember like I've had such a long day and I was like oh my god if I hadn't stayed that five minutes to help none of that would have happened and she was just on the way out like and this is I'm gonna give you a one star review on trip and I was like oh give us a one star review mm. I don't you can just tell those people who just want 
stuff for free. I was like, man, is upsetting a teenager behind a bar who's doing this for minimum wage really worth you saving six quid? Like, yeah. those drinks cost what I got paid in an hour. Come on, chill your tits. <laughs> yeah. She was awful. Oh, she's, she's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty woman. Don't know where you are now, but I hope you're even soggier. <laughs> <laughs> hope it's somewhere off. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all like, I always think those people can't be happy in their life. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry for them. I so rarely complain. Like, so rarely. Maybe yeah. as well because I've worked. Like, I think I put a joke on Twitter the other day. I'd gone out for food with my boyfriend um, to this quite like nice place. And the start, I came on like a brick. Yeah. And I'd like jokingly tweeted about it. And it sort of got like a few retweets and stuff, which is a blessing and a curse. Because then some people are like, ha ha ha, she's funny. And other people are like, I'm going to take this very literally and come and be a fun sponge. And this guy was like, well, I sincerely hope you complained. Um, and got it sent back and asked for an actual plate because it's ridiculous um, the way these companies are forcing all these novelties on it. And he just went off it. And I didn't even acknowledge him with a reply, but I thought, as if I'm going to be that person who calls over a waiter and asks for some food to be put on a proper plate. I was mm-hmm. like, it didn't, I found it fun. Yeah, I found it daft, but like not enough that I'd be like, well, I'm not going to eat that. No yeah. way. I was like, it was two fucking spring rolls or something. Like, do I, am I really going to cause that much of a fuss? Yeah. No way. And no way. Also, having worked in kitchens. Exactly, yeah. Chefs are just the the most tender little darlings yes. when it comes to the food. Oh, like, God. This isn't me saying yeah. uh, that your this meal is cold. Oh, this isn't me yeah. saying really take you, it out on the way. It's so hard because then you get the brunt from the customer. The customer's complaining to you. You then have to go be the middleman and talk to the chef. And then the chef kicks off at you. And you're like, I'm literally, I didn't cook the food. And I didn't complain about the food. Yeah. Yet I'm the one who has to deal with the shit. Yeah. I remember this one, because at Byron, your burgers come cooked medium. Um, but you can have it done medium well, well done if you want. And there'd be some times when a customer would be like, I asked for medium and that's too well done or whatever. So I would just be like, customer's right. And I would take a bite of the kitchen. And the chefs would be like, that is, that is medium or whatever. And I'd be like, well, the lady thinks it's too well done. Well, it's medium. It is medium. And I'd be like, the lady thinks it's well done. So could you just take one of those other burgers off the grill and put it in this bread, please? Like, it is that simple. And, oh, the amount of, like, hassle just to get the chef to change something. And I'd be like, look, I know that you think it's perfect. I know that you take pride in your job. But please, please don't make me go back to that lady empty-handed. Like, yeah. just, just fix. There was one who, a guy for religious reasons, had asked for no bacon on his burger. Um, and I was like, that's absolutely fine. Um, so I went and I think I put on, like, the till no bacon. And then when I went to get the burger off the pass, I was like, Sure, that's bacon on there, but obviously I didn't want to stop picking at the guy's food. Yeah. So I asked the chef, I was like, that's no bacon, yeah? And he was like, yeah, no bacon. But well, again, I'm not going to stand for ages arguing. So I took it over to the customer, but hovered kind of nearby. And sure enough, after a minute, he was like, I'm so sorry, I asked for no bacon. I went, that's absolutely fine. I did yeah. think that was bacon, but I checked with the chef and he said there wasn't. It must be a mistake. So I took it back and the chef just took the bacon off. And I was like, you can't do that. And he was no. like, well, no bacon. I went, no, but it's religious reasons and it's touched the rest of the stuff and he was like no that's absolutely fine as well obviously sometimes the chefs are quite intimidating blokes and I thought I'm not going to stand and argue so I took it back to the customer and he went I've just watched the chef literally just take it off he went I'm really sorry and I went I'm on your side here I went I did say that to the chef I did think but now I've got that confirmed from you I thought hey this should 
just wouldn't be this hard to just please people. Like, oh, and I get it because obviously the chefs are busy and they do take pride in what they do. But I'm also like, please, please, I deal with so many complaints. Just, just fix it. Yeah, oh. I understand it must be difficult to not take it personally. Yes, exactly. And it's a very toxic environment. Yeah. Uh, like, and you know. so much, like, the, the shifts they would work, they would be, like, 12-hour yeah. shifts, like, five days a week or something. I'd just be like, God. And any time I would have to go in the kitchen, I'd be like, it's warm. And they'd be yeah. like, yes, it's warm. <laughs> we know it's warm. Yeah. But, oh, I can understand just the pressure it must be. But then you're, like, the little middle man, and you're like... Please, someone has to fix this, and you're the one with the power to do it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was the most apologetic waitress ever. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for being here. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's quite a toxic environment. Yeah. I uh, I think yeah, it's everyone's very Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think it is such a shame because I don't know. I just I don't know. I think if it is it the people perpetuating it yeah. amongst themselves? Like I was tra- I was treated exactly. badly, so I'm gonna treat you badly. Yeah, definitely. Like, can't we all just be friends? Can't we just guys? be nice? Yeah. I remember doing a running shift at a fancy hotel. Once. Uh-huh. So like running is where you just like literally just take, yeah. you don't even wait in. Uh-huh. You are like literally just taking food. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like go back and forth. And this what this chef he just went, "Oi, girl, get here now." Oh god. And it was in like that arse end of nowhere. So yeah. it was a train out of London and wow. then a taxi from there Bloody to hell. this place. Uh-huh. And this guy, <laughs> he was just like, "No, you're not speaking to me like that." <laughs> Through his uh, <laughs> apron on the floor and walks out. Whoa. And then he was like, shit, I've got, it's really cold. Yeah. And I can't afford the taxi because the agency (laughs) are paying for the taxi. And I've got like six hours left on this shift. Oh, God. So he was gone for like an hour. And then he come back in and was like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I've had to take him out. I feel better now. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's so disrespectful. Yeah, my first waitressing job, the one I was only there for a few weeks, um, I think they called me Chelsea. Yeah. So there was me and another girl were petite with long brown hair. She was Chelsea. And they would just always call me Chelsea as well. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, oh, my name's Lauren. And they were like, yeah, Chelsea. And clearly it was like a joke to them. And like, it's not that I was offended by it. But when you're just like, please, could someone just call me by my name? Because it got yeah. the point where I did just respond to Chelsea. Yeah. And I was like, no, like, I've got a name. It's on me badge. Like, yeah. they know what I'm called. Obviously, they found it like hilarious. And I'm just this little. 18 year old in our first like <laughs> proper real job that isn't working in nightclubs and I was just like yeah I guess I'm Chelsea yeah that's me <laughs> you can go for that <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just change it by deed poll that's fine oh, well I think that that's pretty much our time lovely I know it's gone very quickly uh is there anything that you would like to plug at the end um I got lots of previews coming up I'm doing a new show for Edinburgh nice so I've got a bunch of previews I'm doing like Leicester and Brighton and Glasgow, London, Newcastle, Shrewsbury. That's the one that I did not expect to be previewing in, but I was like, I'll take it. I will come where the work is because I've got a good little work ethic, as you can mm-hmm. tell by all the long hospitality shifts I've done. Um, but yeah, I've got them all up on my comedy Facebook, which is just Lauren Patterson Comedy, and they're all in a lovely list. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yes, go to some of them. Do you know what it's about yet? But ironically, about loneliness, okay. which is going to make it all the worse when nobody turns up to the previews, <laughs> as is so common when you preview. 
Um, but I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. I'm going to start writing it today, probably, because uh, <laughs> Leicester's the first one at the end of Feb, which tends to be when most people do their first previews. And everyone's like, oh, Feb's so early, but like, you know, I'll, I'll at least have something. And then normally what happens is first of Feb comes around and you're like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> it's February already. <laughs> Where are you doing in uh, Leicester? Peter's Pizzeria, oh, which is nice. a lovely one. Yeah. And I do plan on having me some pizza this year before the I go on. So I heard it was amazing. And then I didn't get a chance last year. And I was like, oh. Yeah, well, I like pizza. It's nice. Is it that room? It's like a circular kind yes, of room. Yes, it's lovely. Yeah. Really nice. I have sold 16 tickets, nice. but my goal is to sell 40 because it's a 90-seater room, so I always aim for just under half. Yeah. So then if you get more than half, you're like, smashed it. Yeah. Smashed it. Rather than these people who are like, I'm going to sell it out, and then they sell 40, and then they're sad. I'm like, nah. Yeah. Aim for less. And then be pleasantly surprised yeah, turnable if it goals. turns out otherwise, <laughs> which is just my mantra for life, to be honest. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Exactly. Things. You can never be disappointed if you don't set yourself up to be disappointed. Exactly. Definitely. See, especially in Edinburgh and people are like, I'm going to sell out my entire yes. run. And you're like, but you're doing the free fringe and nobody knows who yeah. you are. How are you expect the 3,000 exactly. shows? My goal for um, my first year was sell out me weekends and me two for one days and get one four-star review. Yeah. And I was like, that seems achievable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that seems doable. So then when I did better than that, I was like, smashed it. Yeah. Smashed it. Rather than these people who were like, I'm going to get five stars from The Guardian and uh, I'm going to add 20 extra shows and I'm going to be a superstar overnight. And then they come away and they're like, they'll have achieved good things but not achieved that. And I'm like, well, you set it too high and yeah. you can't say all the good things you've achieved because you set these massive goals and that aim low. Aim low. That is my <laughs> yeah. that is my life. Aim low. And then nice <laughs> things will happen. Exactly. Also, also, like comedy, you would never start playing golf to win the Open. Yeah. Like it was a it's a hobby. Uh-huh. It, it was like it was when I I started. Yeah. Like, but like, and then you and then people are like, oh, we're paying. Like, oh, what exactly. a wonderful surprise. I think this is the good thing. Is well, sorry, I know I meant to be finished, but oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the good thing about having come from working. And I, not that I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm looking down on bar and restaurant jobs, but obviously they're jobs that are quite easy to get in because there's restaurants and bars everywhere. It's not yeah. like I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and be an investment banker. I don't know why that's the one job I got to do. That seems like <laughs> a big boy job. Yeah. So I always treat my, because I've come from doing that job and those that work from being like 17 to 23 or whatever. Now I always look at my comedy career on a six month basis. So I'm like, right, because that you tend to book things in like sort of like January to July and then post Edinburgh. So I look at how my career's going and I'm like, every six months, and I'm like, if I need to take a step back and go get a bar or a waitressing job, that's fine. That is fine. Every six months, I'm going to review where I'm at. And if I haven't got that money coming in, there is no shame in going back to what you used to do for a few months, making that money in, getting back on your feet, and then in six months' time, walking out with that because it's like imagine a proper like career job it's a bit harder to just walk in and walk out but you can do that with those kind of hospitality jobs and I went full-time in 2017 but every six months and so end of last year I thought I think I might need a part-time job but nowhere would take us and by the time that um the sort of like Christmas came round I'd booked sort of up for the next six months and I was like oh actually no I'm all right now I've managed to make it work and so now I don't need to check until the next time I check, I'll be like, when I come back from Edinburgh at the end of August, and I'll be like, do I need to get a part-time job across September to Christmas? No? Okay, cool. I think that's a very good way of Absolutely. doing it. There's so many people who are like, oh, I've had to go back to having a job. I've failed. And I'm like, not failed. No. It's fine. Like, that's yeah. what it is. Like, there's no shame in 
doing another bit of work to support the work that your dream is. Absolutely yeah. not a shame. Because it was it in the sun, was it? And they'd put yeah. that thing up there. The Cori or was it Cori or Stenders or something? I yeah. Think. And then I loved because the, the like the story was, oh look, she's a security guard at B and M. Yeah. And then a load of like big actors come out. Yes. And they're like, oh well, here's the jobs that I did. Well, so I was exactly. working on these big. Productions. It was like a Harry Potter actor or something who'd worked like. Weather spoons in the kitchen or something, hadn't he? And that was yeah. like the arty kind of jobs, like comedy and music and acting, are just so temperamental. You never know when you're going to have to do something else, and it's like you are never above going back to having a job, no, like uh, something sturdy. And the people who think they are, are probably the ones who are lucky enough to be able to be like, "Mom, Dad, um, the the work's dried up. Can I lend a thousand pounds to tide us over for the next few months?" But I think the real grafters. No shame, no yeah. shame in it at all. Yeah. I'd I'd go back by when we head held high and be like, right, where's me fifty percent off payslip first? Give us that. <laughs> Let's get that sort. Yeah. <laughs> so if any management from Byron are listening, if I get in touch with you in September, it means I'm desperate. Please give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Byron because I've never it? been before. Yeah. Yeah. Recommend. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Um, oh. 